When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm Phil Kirkbride and today joined by Adam Jones and Gav Buckland as we chew the fat over all the major talking points at Goodison Park and look ahead to tomorrow's long trip to Brighton and the game at the Amex Stadium. Um, and I think there's only one place to start and the the one thing that I would say pretty much all Evertonians are talking about more so than ever perhaps is the team and the lineup. What will it be? Um because Gav, you don't change your winning team, do you? <laughs> it's a good question, isn't it? It's a, uh, in, in some respects it's quite a nice uh, position to be in, isn't it? That they actually won last week and was saying keep a team rather than bring a load of new people in it, you know, but you know, it's a bit of fifty-fifty last week. Some changes forced upon him, obviously. Some changes deliberately made. Um, if you answer my, if you want my que- answer to the question, I'll keep the same team. And the reason being for that is, a we won last week, but I think Brighton is different. Uh, different kettle of fish when Hume was in charge, aren't they? They like to play a bit more football, uh, have a lot of the ball. And I think that's more conducive to a Tom Davis, Andre Gomez midfield, um, and so I would I would keep the same team. And I think it devotes a confidence. I think in Tom particularly, isn't it? You know that he's waited a long time to get in the teams. Come in, still a young lad. Thought he's got a hundred games <laughs> under his belt. His fiftieth Premier League start last week, wasn't it wow. for us? Mm-hmm. So we started a lot of games. Um, I, I keep the same team, um, and and take it from there. And that includes Awobi, who I thought played plays well last week and just had a bit more energy and pace in the team last week. So, so assuming no injuries, which I know will come to, uh, but certainly those midfield too, I'd keep. Adam, same question. Yeah, I, th- I think I've got to agree with Gav really, and I think it like some reluctant to. Well, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it just goes back to the point that Gav was making that you know Tom Davis. Uh, I think if Silver was given the choice of playing Davis or Delph last week, he probably would have chose Delph. Yeah. But, you know, inj- injuries meant that he went with Davis and I think that Davis was absolutely vital to Everton winning that game. I thought his passing in the midfield was quick, it was precise. It was exactly what Everton needed to try and break down West Ham. So, uh, he, for me, absolutely earned his place in the starting lineup for this Brighton game. Now I can see the dilemma that Silver is facing, you know, Delph and Schneiderlin are two very experienced players and, you know, he, he will want to try and bring some experience into the team if he can. But, you know, what message does that send out to Davis, you know, that he can put in, you know, one of his best performances of the season, one of the best performances that I've seen him put in in a long while, to be honest. Mm. And then if you if you to just drop him at the uh, at the first chance then you know what kind of message does that send to him like well okay i was going to we were, we were going to come on to davis anyway but now's now's the right time 
How does, because I have asked this very question to Marco um, yesterday, how does a manager balance keeping faith with players who've performed well and specifically in the in the instance of Tom, avoiding damage in a player's confidence, yet still striking the balance of picking the right team for a specific game? Do a thesis on that question, couldn't you? Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think, I think it depends really on the position of the manager. I would suspect at the moment, Silver, bear in mind the pressures that he's under. Yeah, I think we'll pick the team for the specific game. You know, forget about the forget about players' confidences and sort of you know their morale and all that type of stuff. I, I would, I would be, I would say, I need to look after myself before I look after any of my players here. This stage, and I'd be at this stage in Silver's management. I think he'd be picking the team for the for the game. Uh, and I think um, if Tom said being poor last week, he would have, you know, be dropped for this week. Um, so definitely, um, definitely at the moment, picking the best team mm. for the particular game. And because we played last week, we played well. Um, I think he's, he's obliged. I think to, to keep the players, not necessarily that midfield for every team you play. I mean, you're obliged in most games to play a defensive midfielder. I just think we were lucky last week playing West Ham and the way they played. Maybe playing Brighton the way they play. Maybe not necessarily having one tomorrow. Um, when we play Spurs a week on Sunday, might be a different uh, different mm-hmm. kettle of fish because we all know what happened when Tom and. Andre played the Goodson last year against uh, Spurs. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is, is that oh, because Andre and Tom played really well last week together, it doesn't necessarily mean that should be the midfield partnership going yeah. going forward. You, you need most games, I think, especially against the bigger clubs, to have a defensive midfielder. Then who, who that is is a you know is a moot point. Um, and that's what I'm saying is, is the manager should be picking the best team for for the game and. Managing that's what he's paid the fortune for is managing players, but I'll have to pitch, isn't he? Can uh, can we make any case for changing the team? Well, Assuming everybody's fit, of course. We well, know. I was I was just thinking it could be it could be fitness permitting. You know, if if Yeri Mina, let's say, doesn't make this game and Mason Holgate comes in, that might affect the way he wants to set up his midfield because are you gonna want to have such an open midfield? When you bring a Mason Holgate in for his first Premier League start Good of point. the season. Fair points, yeah, you know, yeah. Good points. He played the last game we will have played in the league will have been, well, started in the league, will have been at right back for West Brom. Mm. So in the championship, so... You're losing a natural left footer as well in that position. Exactly. So you're, sure, you're surely going to need somebody to somebody to come in and, you know, yeah. add, add that little bit of... like not. I'm not saying, like, he's got to start Schneidlin and he's got to have somebody sat in front of the back four, but, you know, maybe someone like Adelph who's just got... He's a little bit more defensively savvy. I don't. I wouldn't classify him as a defensive midfielder at all. But I think he's a little bit more defensively savvy than the likes of Gomez and Davis. So you know, if if Yeri Mina doesn't make it and Mason Holgate comes in, you you could be finding Silver thinking, I need I need to try and shore us up elsewhere on the pitch. I, I think, I think, I think you're right there. I think it does depend and. So all, make, all roads yeah, lead you, back to not signing a centre half in the summer. Well, all, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 well, all roads lead back that we've got a lack of midfield options as well at the moment, haven't we? But I think Snyderland's a more natural choice there because of his physical presence. It's like sort of you know um, supporting the, the, the two centre halves. But yes, going back to your other point, yeah, I mean 
No, when they talk about business, the single point of failure, he's like, I mean, there is in many respects our single point of failure, isn't he? Outside of the goalkeeper. He's yeah. the one player for lots of reasons you don't want to lose. A, because he's probably been our best player this season. And yeah. two, our lack of cover the centre-half. And those two things combined may make it a real nightmare if uh, if he doesn't play. And then, go, and, and then, like Adam said quite rightly, then got to change the rest of the team, perhaps, or maybe one or two positional changes. So, yeah, um, this is the one thing we didn't want all year, isn't it, really? At least until January, is, is me and even having a sniffer being injured as well. Not just, he might be playing tomorrow, but whether he's 100% fit, and that is another thing. It's a, um, it's a remarkable turnaround almost for Mina, isn't it? Some, some, um, some of that has been fueled by circumstance, but I think we would agree that the, the bulk of that has actually been fueled by the fact that, as you said, Gav, He's probably been our best player. Yeah, and he's arguably been our best player because he's managed to keep himself fit for so mm, long. Like yeah. this is this is the longest amount of time that he's managed to stay fit in an Everton shirt. And you know, I think Silver, even throughout last season when he wasn't getting all the all the game time that he will wanted, Silver was still saying, "Look, we've signed a really good player here. He's still he's still going to prove uh, he's still going to prove a lot of people wrong." And I think he's absolutely done that so far this season. I'd say. The West Ham game was right up there with some of the best performances that he's put in in an Everton shirt. I'd still argue yeah. he put in a couple of better displays last season, yeah, yeah, or, or yeah. arguably. But yeah. uh, I think that that West Ham game summarised for me a player who was had bags of confidence behind him, uh, bags of experience behind him on, in the Premier League now, and finally felt like a real Everton player. And it will be a shame if he misses this game because. I know it's only one game, but like you, you just don't want a player like that to have their momentum stunted in any way, shape, or form. So, and it's and I use the term momentum very, very loosely, but it's the hope for momentum for the team as well. Yeah, he could be under threat because he's such a pivotal player. And, and mm. That's seven has being a little bit like this. It's fits and starts, isn't it? Two steps forward, one step back. I mean, the other thing as well is he's he's, he's something that we haven't got as well as is a presence from set pieces. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know. It's a bit like you know. It's a bit like you know when Moyes was here and you had Kale. It's like you know. I mean, our tackles put his hands up and points from a corner. Like, yeah. but you know, the ball's going in Kale's direction. Yeah. And me, it's like that now with me, and it doesn't Everybody matter the opposition. Yeah, yeah. It's going to him. Yeah. At the edge of the six-yard box, but and because he'll that's Daniel winning. Yeah, even against the best teams, against um, the best opposition. You know, when we played City the other week, you know, yeah, okay, that this sense of not great. The one we had, still had a couple of chances. He's a threat, and we only scored in three consecutive games in the World Cup. So against the best teams at the highest level, he's a threat in the, in the opposition penalty area, and we'll miss that as well mm. because it's, we haven't really got a lot, have we, when it goes in, into the area? I mean, we our, should do though, shouldn't we? That's that's an, yeah. you know, let's pick up on that point because. It, it, the ball is like a you know, mean is like a magnet for the ball at the minute. Yeah. It's great, and the goals will come. And I say goals because they will come. Yeah, you can't have seven shots on target. It's the most of any Everton player this yeah, season. Mm-hmm. Or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 mad. Um, but there's 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 other players who should also be more of a threat. Surely, Keane's got a couple of goals, but yeah. I think do we do we feel actually he's got all the attributes to be doing more than he than he does in that respect? Uh, yeah, but he's. Oh, it goes back to yeah. Well, I was going to say it's a bit like the Kale thing, isn't it? He's he he was the most potent threat to set pieces, so we'll just use him. And he maybe had other players there who who were useful in the box. I mean, like say the likes of Jags or Lescott was mm. really yeah, yeah. good to set pieces. You know, though Moyes probably focused on them a little bit more than what Marco does. Um, but yeah, I think 
all roads lead to Thierry, don't they? Mm. And I've, I mean, as long as somebody gets their head on the ball, I'm not really bothered. Um, and I, I just think it'd be, be a sad loss tomorrow more ways than one um, because he's been exceptional and I wouldn't I wouldn't really want to miss him, you know, the end of next mm. week. You know, how busy next week is as well. Um, he, wouldn't want to miss him those games as well. I'd think, think probably know the answer, but I think it's still <coughs> worth... worth um, Asking and getting your thoughts. Let's paint the picture. Yeah, he does travel with the squad this afternoon. Saturday morning, they make a final decision. Oh, sorry, they, they take a final look at his knee. He could play. Mm. He could get through the game. Mm. But you don't know what the repercussions are going to be. Does Marco gamble and say, look, it's a league game. I've, it's the next one in, in front of me. Got to play my strongest team. The doc said... Yeah, you can play him if you want. It's up to you, but blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Or does he go, crikey, we've got an equally big game on Tuesday. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to preview too much mm-hmm. that game. But in terms of that decision, is Marco going, I've got to save him for Watford? Mm. Or is he going, no, we can use Mason against Watford. Yeri, get through the game and we'll see how you are. Uh, if it were me, I wouldn't risk it. Because... He- at the end of the day, this is a player who I know he didn't have a history of knee injuries at all last season, but he's a player with a history of injury problems already in his Everton career. I'd much rather have him miss one game than risk him missing, you know, potentially a month or more from like aggravating this knee injury anymore. I think if it, if it was the case where the doctor was coming back and saying, "Look, you can play him, but if you were to rest him, he'd definitely be fit for Tuesday." Yeah. Then I'd say, "All oh, right, then rest him." You know, Mason Holgate is still. A, a very good Premier League centre back, you know, young talent. He can still come in. Mm. Michael Keane alongside him, you know, we we'd still be able to get three points in that game if Mason Holgate was playing. So I would ju- I would just say go for your strongest team in the cup and make sure that Mina is fit because you you just can't risk him missing another another large section of football, like, especially with the momentum as we've already said that he's building now and how confident he's looking. You know, you. Like, Hopefully, one game being out of the side, just resting him up a bit, it won't really affect him that much. But you know, if you were to aggravate the injury, then it would be a yeah. hell of a lot worse. Yeah, going back about confidence and morale and stuff, it, it wouldn't do Mason Hallgate any good if fifth made him play the fifty well, percent yeah. fitness, would it? Really, unless Marco is already I know, and again, he doesn't like to look too far. Yeah. But whether he sees for the time being Mason as guaranteed one of his Carabao Cup centre halves. He's played in both games so far. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what team Watford put out on Tuesday. I know we're going to talk about that yeah, on yeah, later yeah. before the game, like next week, but I think that might be in his back as man. Yeah, I'm I'm with Ad again on this one. I just I wouldn't take any risks. I don't I don't see the point. I don't I mean as much as much as saying that he's got to pick a team for every game was vital importance. Tuesday's important. Spurs is important as well, isn't it? Uh, it's a busy, busy eight days of football, nine days of football. I I'm, I'm given Mean as history record, history injury, injury record yeah, yeah. in history. I'd, uh, I'd I wouldn't play him if he was the risk of exacerbating his uh, his condition. You know, um, think we're that exacerbating. I can't remember his name. I've got a clue what it means. Which <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so I think it's is it given? Is it is read that although we've suggested the inclusion of Holgate may force the manager into tweaking midfield and, and changing a winning team in areas that perhaps he wouldn't have done. Is there any call if in that scenario to change the players in front of the midfield? No, no, <laughs> no, not not in my opinion. 
I think you know it was a bit of a shock to see that front three. I have to I have to say Goodison Park uh, when when the team news came in, uh, especially seeing Walcott on the uh, on the team sheet was a bit of a shock to everyone. But I think the performance of that front three again, like it just just goes goes to show that they've absolutely in their place for this weekend. I think even though Richarlison didn't score, I thought he was <clears throat> I thought he, he he was absolutely brilliant against West Ham. You know, he was always a thorn in the side of their defence. You know, the high press worked because of how much energy he was putting in in those central sort of areas. I think Walcott looked the most creative that we've ever seen him in an Everton shirt, really. So unlucky not to get himself on the score sheet. I'd say that was probably his best performance since he joined Everton, mm. so it would be really harsh to drop him off the back of that. And Bernard scored again. <laughs> he took his goal really well in the end. Bernard uh, scores. Everton win. Well, exactly. So, uh, you know, a sample size of three, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> just keep getting him on the score. Still, yeah, you're still, still 100%. A fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just saying, just saying. No, it's right, it's right, it's right. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say. It's a sample size of four now, isn't it? Oh, I don't know, whatever it is. Three in the league, one in the cup. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah it's it growing. Is. It is. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, like, I know we've got the likes of Moise Keane on the bench. Who I think he came off and, well, he came on and did uh, reasonably well. He uh, was big in setting up uh, Sigurdsson's goal. <laughs> Uh, you know, we've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who's, you know, before he got dropped, was in a decent bit of goal scoring how do you, form. How do you think Calvert-Lewin would have felt when the manager, they don't pin team sheets on balls, <laughs> job, but you know what I mean, bang. I'd like to think yeah. they do. I'd like, <laughs> yeah. think, I'd like to think they do. Yeah, um, it'd be great, that, right, wouldn't it? For the purposes yeah. when Marco yeah, yeah, pins yeah. team sheet on the wall, what's, what's Calvert-Lewin thinking? Thinking, because, and then obviously, then to not get on, yeah, He's yeah. effectively in the space of ten days or whatever it is, yeah. in the course of an international break. He's gone from being first choice to third. Now I know, was, I, I know yeah, that's a I very crass that. kind of. I get that, but he was poor, wasn't he? At, uh, Burnley, Burnley, and goes back to what I was saying about manager picking. He's, Silver's picking teams for the games now, isn't he? Mm. You know, and, and I think I think he was right to change Calvert-Lewin for Richarlison because it freed freed up the space for for Walcott. Um, it was excellent, um, and I wouldn't change the front three or four. I'm including the Wobie in that as well. Of course, by the way, because yeah. um, the one thing we lack is pace, and I think one of the reasons our away record has been so poor is our lack of pace. Counter attack, yeah, because yeah. that's the way to play, isn't it? Away from home, and we just lack pace, and um, we had pace last week and. And energy, which is not necessarily being there, and so I keep, I, I keep for that reason alone. But also keep it for the fact that Brian played similar to West Ham. They played out from the back, don't they? Under Potter, uh, complete antithesis of uh, Chris Hutton. Mm. Um, and I think you know we pressed really well last week, and he'd be saying, "Well, they play similar to West Ham, something similar." I think also as well is sometimes they play three at the back, Brighton, and I think if you got that, then the likes of Walcott and Bernard are really really useful because using the, the space on either side of the centre halves. So I would definitely keep the uh the the, the front four um next week and, and there's there's one obviously one we've not spoken about yet, isn't it? Which is the the right back. <laughs> <laughs> which it's a senior piece yes. you know speak, which is we'll, really interesting. Right, we'll, yeah. We will come on to uh Sidibe and Coleman. Um just want to stick with Richardson because for the Four hundred and ninety-eighth time in the history of the Royal Blue Podcast. Is he better as a number nine, <laughs> or is he better as a winger? He unequivocally believes he's a number nine. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
The Royal Blue Podcast. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's personally, he's, he's yes. said that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. <sighs> Interesting. It, it 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 does seem to just depend on like a game by game sort of basis. I, I definitely don't think his best position is right wing. I think no. if, we're, if we're cons- even though he finished this last season very strong, yeah. There. I think if we're considering him a winger, I'd much rather see him on the left wing and cutting inside. Right. I think right. it was just to try and fit Bernard into the team uh, the way it worked last season, and I think you know Bernard and Dean's partnership down that left flank, we needed to have that really. So Richarlison is you know very capable capable and competent down that right flank, but I don't think it's his best position at all. But, you know, we have seen Richarlison play in that number nine position and do really, really well. I think against Brighton at home last season, he bagged two goals as a number nine, didn't he? So, he, you know, he's, he's he's got the confidence of that going into this game. So, And he plays quite regularly for Brazil as a number nine as well. So, you know, you can absolutely see why he thinks that. And I think what was interesting about last week is that I think... When you set up your front four, you need to try and set it up to have partnerships all over the pitch almost. So I think Bernard and Dean had a great partnership. Walcott and Sadibi obviously had a great partnership. But I think Iwobis and Richarlison's kind of slipped under the radar. I think they were they were playing some really intricate football together uh, centrally. And I think that was really useful. And yeah, I think if we can maybe highlight that a little bit more against Brighton, maybe give Richarlison a couple more clear-cut chances, you know, Fingers crossed he can show us all why he believes he's a number nine. Against a Brighton and West Ham, yeah, but against the really big yeah. big teams, different question, isn't it? You know, that's when you say, what's your biggest stand? I, I mean, look, I, think, I mean... I still, I think it's the wide left coming in off the flank is, I mean, is the I, best I, You for say me. that, and, and I, I agree. Yeah. Although, in the context of football lexicon and doing a job, yeah. Chelsea away, I think he played number nine last season. Yeah. Anfield, if I'm not mistaken, played as a number nine. Now, I know, again, talking about sample size, that's only two. Yeah, but, yeah, I kept but in terms of the manager saying, run your nuts off, yeah. do all the things that's going to create space, What you know, I, I, are you saying I to just, take us beyond where we are as a team and a, and a club to the next level? He's a number nine. Yeah. For, yeah, yeah. For whatever his best position is really, it's not really relevant. It's the fact that we need a bona fide... Good, you know. I would say top class, but they, you know, for hundreds of million quid, might get. You know, we need a top class <laughs> sense of over me. Yeah. And then the it utilizes biggest sense, which is playing off, playing on the left hand side, and I'm, I'm moving in, because um, I think sense sense of forward is it's a completely different skill skill set than playing, you know, wise. And and I think for me, since he's been at the club, he looks far better. Just far far more naturally. That that's his that's his uh, go to position. Um, I think we need a top class striker, um, and um, you know, and, and but tomorrow for the game, if we're not got, got not got a problem, and um, we're playing through the middle. Uh, it's like Wobie and you know Wobie is, is I think I like him. Uh, gives us something different. It's a bit not headless chicken. He does have abs running into the coldy sacks, doesn't he? And overplaying it but the difference last week when he was playing I know dare I say West Ham didn't turn up but we had just far more energy and, and the ball was played into the final third far quicker and we said that stuff from Matt Eden wasn't about was 18 passes between the Wobie mm. and the centre forward which is like way above mm. what we've had you know over the last season and stuff well, um, very, very basic level you got the ball turned and passed yeah, 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 it yeah yeah absolutely which is not when Gilfie's playing up the other end of the pitch it's not happening, is it? You know, um, and Awobi, I think he'd be 
he'd be one what I've seen of him like one of our first names of the team sheet really mm. to be honest with you yeah because yeah. uh, he just gives us something different and, but there's and the good thing about him is you know there's a lot more there with him but yeah tomorrow no problem with the front four longer term mm. a bit like the two centre centre midfielders you know need to keep our options open I mean I think go back to Richarlison though I think probably his best attribute is cutting in from the left for now but he's still only 22 you know, he's, still, he's, still, yeah. he's still learning his trade as a forward and like you know we have seen it a lot of times in the past especially in the Premier League that strikers will come in and they'll start out wide before they come centrally like I'm not I'm not comparing Richarlison to him in any way but Thierry Henry was the same when he first moved to Premier League wasn't he Adam Richarlison Thierry Henry no but it's right I mean we said that the other week to me about Keane about some playing centre forward actually mm. most a lot of players from abroad not necessarily in England from abroad start out wide mm. and then move in to centre forward as they get gain confidence and strength I know Richardson's a couple of years ahead of Keane and his developments, mm. but um, yeah, he may, I think, may, may end I think up it's playing just, it. It's just gaining that savvy, isn't it? You know, you've, you've got you like Richarlison. Will, if he was playing centrally, he's playing against you know players who are going to be probably bigger than him, physically taller than him. You know, he's got to be a bit more savvy to try and work his way around them. And I think it's just about learning those kinds of attributes. He would get frustrated at times last season, wouldn't he? Exactly, because he well, essentially, he's got two men marking him rather than one. Well, yeah. If he, if he's play, if he's playing out wide. So it, it's just about learning that side of the game for me. I think in a couple of years, I think he could be a really, really, really good number nine. Yeah, and I was just thinking back to uh, you know about last season, the the irony which loads of people said about some pickings was the Sidibe up off the floor when yeah, they had first time at the corner. Yeah. <laughs> you think you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, the irony of that, but yeah, he he played well last week with Charleston, and I think he deserves his uh, place tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, we did briefly discuss it on uh, earlier in the week, um, Tuesday. But Gav, as you as you brought it up, Sadibi or Coleman? Coleman, Sadibi. Okay. For the you mentioned the piece we did. It was for the purposes of a debate. Yeah. I said, well, look, Seamus Coleman's got a body of work spanning several Absolutely. seasons in the Premier League. Gabriel Sadibi has got about 140 minutes or something. Yeah. Um, less than that, actually, isn't it? You know, is it is it as cut and dried as 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 it might seem based on 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 one performance, albeit a very impressive cut, performance? Cut, cut and dried for tomorrow. Um, I mean, that's the, the recurring theme of this podcast, isn't it? Is we must pick the team for tomorrow mm. and look at our options at four tomorrow. You know, long how it pans out in three or four months' time is completely different. But for tomorrow, uh, yeah, absolutely. Thought it was excellent. It's a bit like it will be, just a, a bit more power and. Penetration and paces are uh, he moves quite quickly. And what what I really liked about him last week um, was the fact he's quite clever in the way he uses the ball. Sadibi, mm. isn't he? Um, he just doesn't get it and just chip it in or lump it in. Um, he'll take his time and like his options. I mean, I thought the pass to Awobi was top class yeah. in the second half. For you know, dare I, you know, not not trying to upset the the union of fullbacks, but for a fullback that was a really perceptive, yeah, pass. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was like like midfielders pass that wasn't it? Really cold, and he did one at the start. I think it was played Walcott in right at the start of the second half, similar from the byline. But it wasn't the obvious pass, and I think, um, and it's, it's you know the caveat West Ham weren't great um, needs to be brought into it, but for those reasons alone. Definitely plays tomorrow. 
Shame. There's a longer term question there about Seamus, isn't it? That you spoke about on Tuesday. That you know, he's he's been he's been and out the team on occasions, hasn't he? You think about it at the time of the club since he's been in 2011, 2010, make his debut. Mm. We've had a lot of right backs, haven't we? Phil Neville's played, hasn't he? Tony Ebbett played for um, even Mason's played, so he's not been a permanent presence, and but he's always sort of found a way to yeah. Get his way back into the team, as you were saying, Phil, on on Tuesday. But that's when he was younger, wasn't it? And he, before he had that horrible injury, and, and at thirty-one, and and the, and the game changed as well in that time. But at thirty-one, you know, it's going to be more and more difficult for him. But purely in the interest of balance, and, and I mentioned it in the piece, he had a very strong finish to last season. Yeah, and will I be told that the stats? Back up that he was yeah. running faster than ever before, jumping higher. Yeah, X, Y, and Z. He was almost in the best nick he's been in for a long time. Yeah. So, what's to say that he won't just see this competition from Sadibi and, and potentially being left out of the team tomorrow and go, you know what, I'm going to get my shirt back. Well, I, th- I think that's what interested me most about your piece yesterday. Because like you, all you, of it. <laughs> I, I thought it was a great piece, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very, no. Well, like, it, it was that reference to like you know John Joe Kenny towards like the turn the turn of the yeah. calendar year and the couple of months afterwards, he was really battling for that place. And you know there was a lot of calls for Kenny to be the starting right back, but you know after we had that quite that extended break and then came back and beat Cardiff, like it was Coleman. Coleman was the man and, you know, he managed to fight and keep his shirt. And I think that that's what that's what intrigues me most about the upcoming battle that mm-hmm. it, like him and Sadibi are gonna have because like I'd completely agree with Gav. I think Sadibi's earned his shirt uh, for tomorrow's game, but it'll be interesting to see what happens four days later against Watford even, like let let alone looking further than that into the future. You know, Coleman is still a top quality fullback. You know, he's he's the type of player who's not going to be sat on the bench lightly, especially now that he's club captain. He's going to think, right? I need to, I need to up my game here, and I need to fight for my share back. And I think that's only like this is, you know, mentioned it on Tuesday. This is the kind of competition that Marco Silva's mm-hmm. absolutely going to thrive, thrive on because you know he's he's got two top quality right backs here who are going to be fighting tooth and nail for that yeah. for that spot. Like this is this is this is a fantastic headache for him to have, really. And of, and of course the. Um, <laughs> me not, not to have mentioned it in the piece the underlying kind of um, battle within the battle is Sadibi's fighting for a contract here mm-hmm. if he yeah. likes what he sees at Everson likes yeah. Marco likes the club wants to stay you know he's, fight, he's fighting to, for, to convince the club to part with 13 million quid and pay Monaco to keep him mm-hmm. yeah no no I agree um, I think Seamus is 31, and I think fullbacks are rapidly becoming the most important players on the pitch, aren't they? Or there or thereabouts. Mm. I haven't upset them before, I'm saying. I was saying the club, you know. Before, <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, just to get a fullback to a list that I was just saying, you know. Well, uh, they are, aren't they? You see the top teams, the way they deploy the fullbacks and, and the type of fullbacks they deploy and their age. And. Um, I think Coleman in that that environment is at risk, mm. and 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 um, we, Silver is is duty bound to consider his options. And I think if Sidibe does well, then I think he's well. All being things being equal, 
I, I see him as, as you know, as, as a possible replacement. It's a bit like Baines, isn't it, and Dini, where Baines was playing for... Yeah. Baines was, what, 31, same as eight in 2015. Still played two years after that. And Dini come in, he's just seen a massive difference. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. And I'm not not denigrating Seamus here. What I'm saying is, a 31 is a tough age to be a fullback in the Premier League, mm. given the demands on on a fullback. Uh, and of course, also the third person in this discussion is John Joe Kenny. Exactly. Who, yeah, yeah. And what we're told and what we hear is doing very well at Schalke. And Marcel Brand sent him on loan with the message, "We're going to keep a close eye on you." Yeah. So there is a lot of. You know, a lot of factors going into well, this. Well, that's why that's why Sazibi was on loan, wasn't it? Because it would have been a kick in the teeth for John Joe, wouldn't it? If just that that on a permanent yeah. deal, like basically yeah. saying, "Now your third choice." So we get, you know, we're sending it to Schalke to sell you. You know, um, he's leaving the door open to to John Joe. So to both, uh, yeah, to, yeah, to both, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well all three of them, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it'd be interesting the way that pans out. But what what? What we do need is a penetrative, powerful right-sided fullback, like we saw also got on the left-hand side, so we can match what you know the top teams in the Premier League have got. Who that is? I think. Uh, well, yeah. a different question. I think. I think perhaps what is exciting a lot of people like Sadibi based on on what we saw on a small sample. Yeah, go back there. Arguably, I've judged about 140 minutes as you say, Phil. So, um, like, yeah, yeah. But I think. I, I think. It, on top of what we saw uh, last weekend is, is probably his pedigree and what yeah. he's done fairly recently. Yeah. yeah it's still managed to meander his way to Goodison. You know, he was playing right back in a Champions League, all conquering swashbuckling team at Monaco, Monaco yeah. um, won the World Cup. His, his career trajectory at that point did not say yeah. next stop Goodison. But here we are, Brand Silver, the club, I've got him, and maybe, maybe mm. we'll keep him, and that could be another. Look, we're a long way off this, but again, this could be another kind of success story, another tick in the brand's mm. box of oh, this is this yeah. is the sort of thing I do. Well, it's weird, isn't it? He kind of slipped under the radar Very almost so, uh, yeah. after after you know that Monaco team rather surprisingly won the league, and then you know it, it kind of got picked apart a little bit. Uh, you know, killing decimated. Mbappe, I think well, <laughs> killing Mbappe when Fabinho went. Yeah. Mendy went on silver. Yeah, all 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 of them got it picked apart. But like Sidibe just seemed to be the last man standing Mm. almost. And you know, I think it's I think it's absolutely brilliant that Everton have managed managed to get him on board because you know we were talking about that you know swashbuckling sort of attack and football. I think that was absolutely what Everton were doing against West Ham. You know, if if they did come out with a six nil win, I think that would have. Nobody could really argue with uh-huh. that. With that, like that was that was a five six nil sort of performance from Everton there, and I think Sadibi fit really well into it. Now I'm not saying he was perfect. I think you know no, Walcott Walcott had to get back and help him out on a on a couple of occasions. You know there were there were a couple of things that he just needs to iron out. But that's going to come with more breathing heavily football. towards the end of each half. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think that may be one of the reasons Walcott was selected last week, wasn't it? Because yeah, he was playing Sadibi, yeah. so he provides a bit more support. Mm. Um, but it's a, it's a thankless task, isn't it, being a director of football? Mm. Is that, you know, you don't do anything, you get slagged off. When you get somebody in who's a really, looks really good pair, it's just like, you know, like says he be a clever, imaginative. People automatically think, oh, <laughs> there must be another reason he's coming to us. You know, but it's not, it, it, you're not allowed <laughs> to not make a, it out. not uh, over that knee injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're not allowed to be, make a savvy, sort of perceptive yeah. sign, and are you? Like, that's mm. Sadibi is. Uh, for, 
you know, even though he's only played a couple of games. Um, but I'd say because of his pedigree, can't win, can you? you know? mm-hmm. Okay, uh, about to wrap up uh, the second uh, Royal Blue podcast of the week. But before we do, customary predictions time. Adam, um, Brighton and Hove Albion versus Everton at the Amex Stadium. Uh, score prediction, please. Uh, I don't think Everton will keep a clean sheet. Just the away the away form. Just it's just yeah. sitting sitting badly with me. But I think they will win two one. Take that. Two things to say. We've been absolutely ranking our two performances down there, haven't we, since they, they yeah. come up? Dreadful. The tail yeah. end of the Koeman era and then yeah, uh, yeah. in last, between Christmas and New Year yeah, last season. Dreadful. That yeah. was like sort of Marco's real dip, wasn't it? The ref, um, by the way, who's the same ref again. Oh, was it, yeah? Mm-hmm. D- didn't have his best game, should mm-hmm. we say. Yeah. It's the only other time he's refereed, Evan. Is it, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't, well, in the did, league anyway. Didn't have his best game. But, uh, okay, that's by the the, the, the other, the other mocker of a stat, Oof. I'll say, oh, no. is, is uh, it's 10 games without oh. a win on the South Coast in yes. the Premier League, oh, yeah. isn't it, since uh, two, August 2015. Um, so that all points will never win, doesn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I can just see a draw. I, I, I like I like, um, I like Brighton. I think, you know... Well, the City or...? Man. I like the City, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I, like, I like the way Potter sets... Yeah, he's, he's, he's made he's made an impact, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, he's been unlucky, unlucky, unlucky last week at Villa, weren't he? Mm. Uh, I, I think he'll be a lot tougher than what we think. I think he'll be. Although I'm, Aaron Moy being out to a bonus, yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. us, of course, good player, him, yeah. Uh, I, I, I just think we one or two nil to Everton. I can that, just have yeah. a feeling, yeah, yeah, that we'll, we'll get, get a result after after four years of um, despair. South Coast, we've been absolutely not only that, but we've absolutely. Being yes. awful in mm. all of them games. Yes. Mm. Bournemouth, Southampton, and Brighton. I can't remember us ever playing well in any of them, mm. other than the 2015 3 0. Yeah. Yeah, but since 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 Which that, ironically, yeah. it came in a bit of in a period of turmoil. Did the plane with the banner went over? There was yeah. a lot of kind of ill feeling towards. Yeah, that yeah. was that people was at boardroom level. Campaign, that wasn't it? Very really? very odd. Yet yeah. go and cut through the noise with a performance that. Well, on the south coast at least, yeah. Never been but we've been dreadful. Mm. Uh, so, but I, I expect a win. But I think it'd be, I'm, I think it'd be a good game of football, which is not never has been last two games down there, and uh, hopefully we we'll take something into uh, into Tuesday. Yep, um, I think one nil. I think we'll, we'll win. To, 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 to Mighty Blues, yeah, yeah, yeah of, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the Royal Blue podcast here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the Brighton podcast. But you can't, we can't, can't finish finish it off by saying. The greatest then to any Everton game I've ever seen was at Brighton, our last win there, 1983. Right. And it was uh, Clive Thomas was the ref. And uh, we Brighton went on the point of going down. They needed to beat us to really sort of stay up. And we were winning 1-0 for ages, Kevin Sheedy. And two minutes from time, Clive Thomas gave a stupid penalty decision uh, against us. And uh, Brighton took it. And Jim Arnold saved it, thinking, oh, great. And, and Clive Thomas being Clive Thomas, Got it, Brighton to retake the penalty. <laughs> Scored to make it one all. Went into injury time. Absolutely gutted. Injury time. Sort of the last 30 seconds of injury time. They scored again. Mm. Clive Thomas. I don't know whether he like sort of like rectified once rectified. Disallowed it. And I thought, what's it last night? I don't know why he disallowed it. So one all. We had the free kick from Redsville penalty area. Went up the other end. Kevin C D scored. Oh, last kick yes. of the game. Two one. Absolutely. Absolutely, you know, unbelievably end-to-end stuff for the last couple of minutes, and they ended up going ends up going down as a as a consequence. Um, but uh, yeah, th- that's the last time we won there. That was April nineteen eighty three. So we've got a few uh, 
You both, he's there as well. Would you want that? Yeah, yeah, it's quite. Excellent, chaps. Thank you very much for your company. Excellent as always, and thank you for listening. Uh, you can stick with the Echo. Myself and Sam Carroll will be down on the South Coast covering the game, so all the best news, analysis, opinion, and reaction to come on Saturday evening and across the weekend, and then a health course ahead of the Carabao Cup game next week. So thank you very much for listening. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.